Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of Flacky's Day Off. Today, our special guest is Perry. Perry, say hi. Hello. Hello. You could just, you know, talk a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, well, my name, Perry Kent Nielsen Jr. Um, is who I am. I am a junior at UF studying biochemistry. Um, I'm pre-med, uh, so I want to get into medical school. Fingers crossed, who knows where and when. Um, let's see, I'm, uh, I'm from Colorado, uh, and I came down to Florida for, um, for school, so I'm a bit of a, bit of a tourist down here. So I'm just trying to, every single year, it's a bit of an adjustment trying to get used to the, the weather and the heat. Um, literally, I had to like, I had to get a whole new like wardrobe when I came down. Like, okay, shirts, like this shirt is like super thin and it's like nice to wear outside. But the shirts I had back home were like these thick, super thin. And yeah, uh, I like I like exercising. I like making and cooking food. Um, and I like movies a lot. So that's kind of, oh, and also I, I'm the service chair of the Florida district at CKI. <laughs> that's kind of why I'm on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Perry's our service chair and that kind of gives you guys a little bit of a clue what we're talking about today. We're just kind of talking about how to deal with service and COVID and just anything that we can do from home or social distancing. And I actually have not, I don't have that in common with you. I am from Dominican Republic, so it's like even hotter than this. It's really bad. I can't, I cannot imagine that. That, like, I just like, I can't even go outside. I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I just recede back into the house. The coldest it gets there is like 70 degrees. That's insane. Like, I love sweaters like I love layering like jackets and stuff like that that's like such a bummer about like these hot places these hot climates because it's like I've got so many cool jackets and I only have like 10 10 days to wear the jackets I bought some like cool jackets just in case you know I was I, I had that <laughs> chance to go somewhere cold and you know get out of the Florida yeah. heat. but they're probably just gonna stay there for years because you know it's like it's not gonna get cold in here anytime soon yeah, um, we just have to to move away and try going somewhere, someplace cold. Move to Wisconsin, go crazy. Oh, I would, I would love to live in Wisconsin just for that seventy shows. Have you watched it? <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot of clips on like Instagram and YouTube, like edits of them. So my, it's like it's, it's kind of like Topher Grace, Mila Kunis. Yeah, they're like big names. Like I know everyone that's in it. I just haven't seen the show. I mean, you're not going to see it now. It's off Netflix. Oh, sad. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. But like my whole, uh, my computer, like laptop thing, you know what I'm talking about? Like the case, the case. It has like a bunch mm -hmm. of um, Fat 70 Show stickers. I'm like a really big fan of it. That's how I learned how to speak English. Watching it. Really? That's super cool. That and two Did and a half. Do they have like sub subtitles? No, I just had to like figure it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that and also two and a half men. I learned how to speak English. 
which are like not really i'm sorry about that then (laughs) yeah that's like i'm surprised you're not like speaking like charlie sheen does just with that like weird hard accent like really angry and aggressive all the time i was like nine too so these are not like appropriate at all (laughs) they make big jokes and I, i honestly i didn't get them and now I get the- I like I don't know if two and a half men is appropriate for me. I'm 20 <laughs> years old and I'm like that's like that's an adult show. I'm like I don't want to watch that. <laughs> Put on the cartoons, please. <laughs> yeah. I don't I honestly I don't know how my parents never were like, "Hey, you probably not do that." Like you need to stop. <laughs> that's fine. You know what? We all got to grow up at some point. You just yeah. have to grow up a little bit quicker than everyone else. <laughs> All right, so let's dive right into um, planning service projects. That's honestly probably my funnest, the funnest part for me is like when I go to like a service project or wherever Mm -hmm. I'm planning it, just going to Target and making my list of everything that I need. So like, how do you go about planning a service project? What do you think is like the most important part? um, I'd say, I mean, just like the whole thing is, is pretty important, but it's like keeping keeping your eye on like the focus and the aim of the service that you're doing, I think is kind of like in a broad sense, um, what you want to keep hold of throughout the whole process. Um, but like kind of on a, on a smaller scale, on a more tangible scale, just making sure that you, you have like that you're on time with planning it, that you make sure that you're like, that you're taking all of the steps, like maybe oh, two weeks, maybe three weeks ahead of um, ahead of when the events that actually going to happen. Making sure that you have like rides, making sure that you know like where people are meeting and where they're going. Making sure that you have like all the supplies that you need for the service project, and making sure that you're just in constant communication with the with the people that you're doing that project with is is really important. It's just that like organization because like if you're a uh, if you're just like a volunteer and you're going to the service project and there's not a lot of like that organization in place, you're going to be like less inclined to come back. You're not like when you're a volunteer, you just want to spend the, the majority of your time, like actually helping out where you can. So minimizing the amount of like administrative time while you're at the project, I think is, is really important. I also feel like people think that a service project is a one man job, like planning the whole thing is just for one person. And it's usually either the service chair or the president or the vice president. Like it's like their job to find the place, organize the people, make the list of everything, budget for it. And I feel like that's a lot for one person. So I just feel like delegating when it comes to service project also like helps members feel engaged and feel like they're part of something other than just like going there and getting their hour signed or whatever. So I feel like that's kind of important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like the more people that you have, like helping plan the service, um, the more service that you can plan total. It's like, and yeah, you're right when you say like things get like overwhelming because they they definitely do. We're all in college and we have a lot that we're doing, but like making sure that like you're just spreading the tasks out in a way that like that makes it bearable for everyone, I think is really important. Um, And then the other thing is like, I mean, if you've got like members that just are really hyped about service and they've they're coming with ideas, like let them roll with those ideas and let them plan their own projects. Nothing is like a more empowering feeling than being like a freshman on campus and feeling like you can take like charge in this like well-established org and actually like make, like have a service project on your resume by the end of the year. Like 
my freshman year, like, I don't think I, I had anything on my resume by the end of it, gained 10 pounds freshman year. So having, so having an actual, like having an accomplishment, being able to say like, yeah, I have the, the capacity to do this. Um, just like allowing your members to like take charge and play in their own things, I think is a really great way to get people hyped up about, about the club and just service in general. I had actually a different experience with you when it came to his freshman. Yes, I did gain 15 pounds. That did happen. <laughs> but I came in yeah. like already president of my club. Um, you came into the club as president, unlike yeah. me, who came into UF as a scared freshman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I came to as president because I met all the officers at a CLE. And my sister was like the chartering president. So she was like, here, have her you know, this is your new president. You're welcome. Yeah. The old one, nice. like, the old president, like, left in the summer. Okay. Yeah. Well, glad they had someone to step up then. Yeah. So I came in, like, ready to, like, plan all this stuff and, like, plan the socials, the service project. And we have, like, a small club. It's growing now, but we had a relatively small club. So it felt like a lot just me doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Were you like, did you have like other members on your board who you could kind of like send stuff out to, or were you just kind of doing everything? I mean, I, yeah, obviously I had my officers or whatever and they're like really helpful, but I have like, I'm the type of person where I like to do everything myself and I struggle with delegating. Cause I'm like, I can get it done quicker, faster, and then I don't have to ask any questions and we just do what I want, you know? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I feel like, delegating is something that I've like learned throughout the years I can't do everything by myself you know yeah well uh, like how just out of curiosity how do you like delegate like what's your your tips on delegating so we have obviously our like committee chairs or whatever so they have they know like what their roles are and then we have like monthly meetings and then they tell me what they want from that month how many projects we want to have and we kind of plan them together. And then we go on the list, we're like, oh, you do this, I'm gonna do this, you do that, you kind of thing. So like, yeah. um, one of them is in charge of making flyers, the other person talks to the service organizations, another person like make, buys everything for the project, and then we all kind of meet together. So I feel like yeah. getting during the meetings, rather than like through text or email or something like that is like the most effective for me. Yeah, well, it becomes chaotic when you're trying to do everything in like a group chat. And I think like being intentional about the way that you delegate is also important too. Because like, if you if you just kind of make a committee to like plan a project, but you don't really specify, like, it, it's kind of like in a in a group project, if you like get handed a group project, but you guys don't talk about like, who specifically is doing what one person's gonna end up doing the whole thing by the end of it. So it's like, making sure that there's like clear and defined roles is another important part. And that's like, it's good that you're like, that you do that in your club. Cause that's like a good way to make sure it's running smoothly. Yeah. And I just, I think another thing that people could be struggling with is just finding sustainable service projects. And rather than just having like a service project to have a service project, you know what I mean? Like find yeah. service projects in their community that actually helps their community. I feel like that's something that's like kind of hard during this time. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're if you're in the CKI circles at all, you kind of hear the word sustainable get thrown around a lot. And there's not like a really, there's not like a super 
clear definition of sustainable that like I've found. But if I if I had to like wrap up sustainable, it's about like having your projects be be intentional and based in the community. Cause there's a lot of work that you can do that's like that's more global focused where you're kind of maybe you're doing like free rice where you're donating rice to, to people who are in need or even like you can take like wash where you're trying to raise money for UNICEF but like but sustainable has like a focus on being community based and making sure that it's like actually improving the situation and the scenarios in the in in your community in the place that you're like set um and it's like I just I think like a lot of service projects that like for some a certain amount that we do are like we're just trying to find ways to to help but but kind of having like a I call it like a town hall that's kind of what I've found is just like having people come in um in the community and come and give like a bit of a presentation about you know different topics different struggles that are happening in your community is a good way to kind of refocus your service and figure out where you want to direct a lot of your uh service in the upcoming year so maybe you want to learn about maybe some of the the race relations you know maybe um the the socioeconomic disparity within your communities you can kind of present have someone come over to present about that and then based off of that maybe you have like a couple presentations on that you can open it up to the entire community post it online post in like student group chats um and then after that you can kind of say all right well we've learned this like this is a an area you know our 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 community needs more houses and needs more low low income houses for people who don't make a lot of money. So then you can say like, all right, well, let's start doing a lot more volunteering with Habitat for Humanity and not just volunteer work with them, but educational advocate work where we're trying to get more grants from, um, from the government and we're trying to fundraise more um, in other parts of the community. So stuff like that, being able to, to really identify um, where parts of your community are struggling and being able to make service projects that intentionally try and address those those problems. It was really um, interesting when I was kind of like researching sustainability and service because um, they brought up this one example of like, they were bringing up like, like the, the missions trips kind of, you know, like where you do a missions trip and you go abroad and you try and like do volunteer work in maybe like a third world, uh, like a developing country. Um, and they were kind of talking about like, well, being maybe like that's actually not a form of sustainable service because by like exporting you know uh, volunteers to that place you're taking away like labor actual like paid labor that like locals can actually do and so you're having volunteers doing free work for instead of like local people actually being able to earn money and like be able to afford housing be able to afford food so even like even good intentions within service can can lead to the to the wrong outcomes. So being like, just taking a step back from the service for a little bit, and just thinking about the impact that your club and the work that your club does in the community, how that, how those two are linked is, is a good way to kind of make sure you're doing sustainable service. Sorry, I just ranted. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think doing a the community analysis is very important. I know, particularly in my county, there's a lot of Title I schools and a lot of low-income families. So something that I really want to incorporate with my club is working with SLPs to just maybe educate or do some professional development with like high school students or middle school students because I feel like they don't really have the opportunity to think beyond their circumstance. So I feel like that's something that I'm really like passionate about and I do want to implement once, you know, kids go back to school.
So I feel like doing that community analysis is really important and just to really assess like is what I'm is what I'm doing gonna make an impact or is just is this just a service log? Is just something that yeah, I'm exactly. doing for an hour, you know? So I think that's really important. How did this like pique your interest? Yeah, well, I mean, advocacy is kind of a bit of a bit of a been resurgence of advocacy. A lot of more people are taking on a civic mindset um, and kind of like trying to be more aware of problems that are afflicting um, the world. Um, and so I kind of got swelled up in the surge of that. And now I'm I'm knee deep into advocacy, and I and I couldn't be happier. Honestly, I like I really do love advocacy. Um, and it's kind of that, it's one of those things that you just like don't don't realize how big of an impact that you can have until you like just try and do anything that, that promotes advocacy at all. Um, so like one really good way that our club's been trying to promote like advocacy, trying to do topics like that is, um, is actually creating like the graphics that you'll see on social media. Like maybe like people will put like Instagram stories. Um, so like we wanted to, to talk about like recycling um, and how like a lot of people have misconceptions about recycling in Gainesville and like tips to make, um, to encourage college, college students to recycle. So um, during a meeting, I gave a presentation, me um, and Sarah Wen gave a presentation on recycling um, and kind of, you know, your misconceptions that you have with that. And then after that, for, for a bit of like a service project, we had everyone go on to, to the website Canva and design their own Instagram post that describes one recycling rule that they found like particularly interesting or like captivated them or they thought like would trip people up so like you know maybe you can't recycle starbucks cups in gainesville specifically for example or you can't recycle um car uh, pizza boxes because they're greasy and so people would make designs and then we like would post those on our story kind of and, and actually like post them as as posts and try and get everyone in the club to repost them and try and get that to be like a, a bit of like a a social media push in the community to try and like get people to to see that and then like that that post will lead them back to to our club page and that's a good way to get them into the club and that's kind of like first steps with advocacy so you can do that with like any topic but then like pushing forward if you if you want to start delving into like deeper forms of advocacy what you can do is you can start meeting with local politicians and asking them about their stances on these issues and trying to see if they'll um, if they'll actually like support certain causes, support causes that you care about. So say you want to push for um, push for um, cheaper housing um, in certain areas of of your community. Well, then you can then you can meet like try and see if you can schedule a meeting with like your mayor, um, and then you could like during that meeting say, hey, um, what like what's your opinion on that the the housing situation in Gainesville, for example. And based off of that, you'd say, hey, are you willing to to pledge to to spend like spend more money in in making affordable housing um, for low income people, um, and that's just like one one way that you can advocate advocate ad, be an advocate, um, and you can also do that on on a federal level where you try and meet with um, Congress Congress people, um, and you can like see if they'll pledge to support um, certain causes that that you're talking about, and then like if they say that they will, then you can like hold them accountable to that and say on social media that they did say that. And if they go back on that, then you can say, Hey, they went back on this thing that they told us. Um, and that, and that's kind of like where, you know, you can really make a big change 
um, a really wide scale change. It's, um, I was uh, reading the interdisciplinary panel on climate change, that they're like kind of the, the, the global group of scientists that decide um, what the, like, what the climate crisis, like what the solution is and how we can try and be mitigating that. And it's really funny, like at the very beginning, they say, um, you might like, you might recycle all the time and you might be riding your bike to work and you might be doing all of these steps to try and live a greener, more sustainable life. But the real difference, the only way that we're gonna actually save the planet is if we can convince politicians to actually sign legislation that like holds big oil accountable and make sure that they're like limiting their emissions um like big oil and, and and car manufacturers so like you know some of the bigger larger scale changes that you can make as a club are in the in just making sure that your politicians are are pushing for smarter legislation yeah um i think that's i, I really like the idea about like the posters i think that's really cool just to get those conversation starters and also to assess what your club members are passionate about because I feel like if it's yeah. only your passions that are being like shown in your club, it doesn't, there's knowing people aren't engaged in it and they're not interested in it. So I think it's really cool that you guys are doing that. Who was like, who was yeah. the start? How did, how did this start? Oh my gosh. Um, that's a story. Um, wait, okay. I did have a, I just remembered there is one caveat about, um, about trying to talk to like politicians is, um, as a, as a, Nonpartisan nonprofit um, CKI can't actually take specific stands on on bills on like proposed bills. So you can't say, "Hey, we want you to sign this bill." For example, you just have to say, "We want you to push for legislation towards this cause." So as long as you're kind of general and more vague about your language, it's totally fine. But back to to advocacy in our club. Um, so I'm I'm also vice president of of USCKI, and I remember like. I mean, one of the platforms I ran on um, last year was I wanted us to push more into advocacy and, and have more of like an advocating role in the community. So over the summer, um, we created um, an advocacy committee um, out of some of the members of CKI to kind of work on these projects um, ourselves. And then like, as things went on, we realized that like the advocacy committee was kind of functioning like a little like too separately from from CKI proper so we decided to to soft split the advocacy committee into its own organization um keep CKI have them like work together on some stuff and then we're gonna we're currently working on creating an advocacy chair to lead some of our advocacy efforts within like CKI but we still work together as like orgs like us and we're called the Gainesville Political Action Committee now mm -hmm. um and uh yeah so we work together on stuff like that. And then like just in CKI, the, the board's been pushing a lot of like advocacy initiatives forward too. And then we're gonna pass it off to the advocacy chair to let them take reins on that. Um, and like our goal with the, the advocacy chair specifically is for them to focus more on the international um, advocacy initiatives. Oh man, there's five of them. I have like, child, I think there's five, there might be four. I have it pulled up, childhood development, um, homelessness and food insecurity, environmental justice, and uh, what's the last one? Um, mental health. There you go. Yeah. Those are so having. I'm sorry to cut. Yeah, those actually align very well with the the organizations that CKI works with. Is that what you guys based yeah. it off of? Well, what ended up happening is um, 
the advocacy committee like wasn't focusing as much on those and was focusing on other things like just other topics in general and we wanted to kind of have our advocacy component of CKI more aligned with those topics if that makes sense mm -hmm. um, yeah so do you have any like suggestions for example if I want to like do this in my club do you like recommend starting small or like how do you think someone should go about advocacy if they don't have any kind of programs like this in their club and their club is relatively small yeah um i think a key key things about doing advocacy is is keep have like small tangible i mean you want to have like overarching goals you know you maybe you want to say like hey i want the government to increase um the COVID-19 response um, in, in our community. Like we want them to increase like CARES Act funding. Um, we want them to support more, um, uh, more unemployment benefits for people who don't have, who don't have jobs right now. Um, so having that overall goal is good, but having smaller goals within that I think is, is key. You don't wanna like, with advocacy, you're not gonna change the world in a day. Um, you're gonna change the world in years like person by person and you got to make sure that you're focusing on on just like all right this week we want to push out just one pamphlet describing um the unemployment rates and how that's affecting our community right now and based on that we want to draw like maybe two more members into the club and and then kind of teach them about that and see if we can get like one member to to write an, an op-ed article for a lo local newspaper describing what's going on and so just having like smaller goals um, that are focused on just education awareness and then just like meeting with politicians and members of congress that's kind of like the best way to go about things is just make sure that you're you're starting small and that your projects and your and your efforts to educate the community are are tangible um, something that like my club really wants to do and is is planning for i think the spring semester is we do want to have an advocacy panel and have like a couple of workshops of how to like advocate properly, how to contact local politicians and stuff like that. So that's something that like is in the work. And I feel like advocacy is very important. I feel like it, it is our, I think it's almost like our duty, our job to just make sure that the things that we want are getting done and to really make the world a better place. I feel like that's what we're all in CKI for is to create that impact yeah. in the world. And it's obviously not going to happen overnight things are not going to change overnight. So I think it's really important just to start small and just maybe, I don't, I don't want to say convince, but like make sure that like the ideas that you have are being presented and you kind of push those politicians to, you know, think about climate change to um, support legislation about climate change, stuff like that, because I don't know what's, I don't know what's going to happen if, you know, yeah. it doesn't get done. Yeah. So, yeah, the goal is to just make sure you're you're staying small but intentional. Like, there's this one org um, at UF called CAPS, the Coalition Against Prison Slavery, um, and they're trying to end UF's contract with um, with some prisons out here where they're they're not paying um, the, the the prison workers enough, and they're you know like the the wording of the the 14th amendment kind of gives a little bit of leeway for making um pr prisoners being like saying that you you can't force anyone to do work unless they are prisoners unless they committed a crime um so anyways they're trying to get them to 
to end um, the contract and um, and UF like still hasn't done it, even though their petition's gotten like 14,000 signatures. But even though that, even though that UF like hasn't canceled their contract yet, 14,000 people have still seen that, that petition. 14,000 people are now more educated on, on prison slavery in general and kind of the negative effects that that has on, on people who get released from prison and the negative effects that has on like the families of prisoners and just in their communities in general. And so any advocacy work that you do is a win because someone, as long as one person sees it, you know, one person is a little bit more informed about, about things that are happening out there. So the goal is to just make sure that you're like, you're just making a small difference, you know, and, and from small differences, the ball gets rolling and big differences happen. But it's like, it's cool because I think most of advocacy, other than like direct rallies and like protests can happen, you know, on an online basis, you know, you can always phone bank, you can just have like, you can just design a graphic and, and say, hey, on this day, we're going to be calling, um, I don't know, the, the president of our college, asking them to, to lower tuition rates um, for online classes. And then you just send that out to as many people as you can. You ask everyone to send it to, to one, one other student, and then everyone calls the office. Um, and then like they, they hear that, that there's a big push for lower tuition rates. So stuff like that is, is stuff that can happen online. It was happening online before the, the pandemic even happened and it can continue happening online. And like meeting with, with politicians, I mean, they're hardly ever like actually in your area. So being able to just schedule a Zoom conference with them, meet with them online is, is good too. And so, yeah, like social media advocacy is good, but taking it one step further, um, translating that to a more sustainable form of service is, is good. Service um, in the COVID world is kind of, kind of hard and I think that's something that we've all been kind of struggling with um, just trying to find forms of service that actually engage people and it doesn't just feel like monotonous online work um, so like I don't know I've kind of I've well um the old service chair Robin made a really impressive guide that you can find on the Florida District of Circle K International website um, it's called the the 2020-2021 service guide um, but just some of the like a bit of like a summary that I made from it is there's like kind of three, three types of projects that I can envision people doing right now. Um, so there's, there's like really easy and simple forms of online service. And those are really good ways. So I'm talking about like your free rices um, where it's like, you're just playing a game and you're like earning something for like people somewhere. You can like volunteer with the Smithsonian where you help them transcribe documents. It's not sustainable in the sense that like, it's um it's local because it's more like you're just helping someone out there with a project that they need help with. But it it is more engaging in the sense that like you can talk to people while you're doing the service. Um, you know, you can kind of like talk to them about the club, you can introduce them to members. It's like it's it's more of a, a social kind of service, if that makes sense. Um, but then like going on to some of the other types of service, you've got like more engaging forms of virtual service. Um, and I would say that that's like, those are your, like your town halls where you're really trying to, to do a form of service that really engages the community and focuses on, like on the community. So that's where, you know, you're inviting people to come talk about, about disparities in the community or you're, or you're having like, um, I mean, something that um, 
Alexia Walker is doing in in GPAC in the Gainesville Political Action Committee is she's um she's scheduling this um this event where we're having a couple of different faculty come to talk about um racial demographics in Gainesville and they're having like a friendly debate they're like having a debate and she's trying to make sure that she finds tenured professors who aren't going to get like fired for anything that they say during this but they're going to have like they're going to talk about kind of the racial situations in Gainesville and then and kind of how they might relate to socioeconomic disparities so that's another kind of town hall that you can do um other forms of like more long-term um and sustainable forms of services like tutoring kids having like a tutoring program or um or having like long-term pen pals where you're like writing to someone and you're making sure that that they're staying happy and healthy in the pandemic and and like for pen pals i mean more towards like elementary students or or towards ed elderly that are in um nursing homes um and then like everything i talked about with advocacy is definitely like a sustainable form of service because it's literally focused on your community and um, it's something that you can just repeat throughout the years um, and then kind of dipping into more um, more in-person events it's it's tricky to do things in person because for the most part you can't really be next to someone else and you can't like you don't really want to be using the same sort of supplies um, but but doing like some kind of um, campus or park beautification is always a good option because everyone can stay spread out and you can kind of talk and have conversations while you're trying to clean up some trash. Um, uh, this is kind of an extension of advocacy, but kind of hanging up signs around town and and posters and some of those graphics that you might make um, and trying to just educate the community on on different topics, maybe having like being those annoying um, petitioners. That, that you walk by, you know, like staying there and saying like, hey, have you heard about this topic and do you wanna learn more? I mean, you don't even have to have something that they have to sign. You can just be trying to educate people like that. Um, building a community garden is a really good option um, that you can stay distanced. Um, and it's like, that's like, I mean, that's like the most engaging thing I think is just like being, being there and actually like having a tangible product of your service. You're like now, there's food um, that the community can eat. I mean, there's that definitionally is like improving your community. <laughs> um, let's see, um, something that that touches on advocacy, if you can tell I really like advocacy is um, is uh, volunteering at the polls um, and trying to, to help people, um, well not help people, just like making sure everyone's voting and helping people like get registered to vote, doing stuff like that. Um, uh, is good because everyone everyone should do as you were kind of talking about their civic duty and and make sure that they're educated on on who's running in elections and and voting on someone who's going to represent them well um, and then kind of like the last form of like in-person service that you can do is having some kind of drive-through um, maybe like a like a food drive or like or like a clothes drive you know you what you do is you like advertise it um, you'll advertise it really hard for like a couple of weeks and you'll say, hey, on this day, we're gonna be here collecting canned food or we're gonna be collecting old old clothes and then being able to donate that to people and going around and making sure that like, maybe you're putting up flyers or like passing out flyers in the neighborhood or maybe you're like making sure that you're messaging other orgs and making sure that they're aware that that's happening. Um, messaging your Kiwanis clubs and seeing if they can spread that around their neighborhoods, send that to their HOAs that's another really good form of, of in-person service. It's just, 
just trying to stay, I'd say the focus right now is trying to be engaging and sustainable. Um, and if you can't do both, make sure you're sticking with one because, because non-engaging, non-sustainable service is, is kind of where you drift into like not really helping your community and not really helping your members either develop themselves personally. So you got to make sure you're helping someone out there with the work that you're doing. All right. Well, thank you for, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not coming because you didn't yeah, like personally talking to well, me. Yeah, for, yeah, of course. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Well, if anyone has any questions about service or advocacy, you can, you know, contact Perry. Perry, what's your information? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can reach out to me at service at Florida circle K um, dot org. Wait, let me make sure that's right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now I'm panicking. Okay. Um, yeah, you can reach out to me um, at the email service at floridacirclek.org. Um, should I mention my phone number? Do, is that if something you feel comfortable? Usually do? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Sh I mean, like, please don't harass me. Um, <laughs> but, but if you like, if you just want to like get in contact and, and learn more about, I don't know, service and or advocacy, or you just want to talk about movies or something, you can reach out to me. Um, my phone number is 970-391-8012. Um, please mention who you are and that you're in CKI. So I, I don't just think you're some random texting me. Yeah. So and also I appreciate that. <laughs> also mention that it's because you listen to the podcast. I feel like that would help. Yeah. You. Yeah. Maybe mentioning that you listen to the podcast. That'd give me some context as to where you're hearing this from. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for, you know, having this chat with me. I think these are very important topics that will, you know, help yeah. our members stay engaged and just giving back to our community. If anyone else has any other questions, you can reach me at education at floridacirclek.org. And I will not give out my phone number. <laughs> That's fine. You know what? You don't have to. It's fine just because um, i'm really bad at replying anyway I'm, i check my email more than i check my text i don't know why no i think i do that too but i don't know i just i'm all about that that personal connection you know phone numbers i don't know i better just please don't please don't harass me that's my only it's <laughs> my only request <laughs> yeah if anyone has any questions you can also yeah. submit them to our instagram page what's it it's florida circle gate yeah, I mean, if you just look up Florida Circle K, we'll come up. Yeah, well, you'll find us. Yeah, yeah. And you can also just comment on our YouTube videos on the comment bar or anything. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And, yeah, yeah. this is Blackie's Day Off. <laughs>